Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. As expected, lawsuit number 24 filed on Monday against Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. It is the second lawsuit filed in less than a week after more than a year went by with no new litigation instituted against Deshaun Watson. Now, the difference between last week and this week is significant. And if you're watching the program, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you can read the statement. I don't need to read it to you. The difference is significant. The person who sued last week, they expected it. They knew about it. The woman who filed last week's lawsuit did an extended podcast interview last August, during which she detailed her allegations, the same allegations that made their way into the document that was submitted last week. Yesterday's plaintiff, Chris, and this is significant, and we became aware of this when Rusty Harden, who represents Deshaun Watson, issued the following statement on Monday evening. We are unable to respond to the new lawsuit at this time. Our legal team has not had time to investigate this new filing and had not heard her name until today. Deshaun continues to deny that he did anything inappropriate with any of the plaintiffs. I think it's critical and potentially extremely significant that the person who sued yesterday was someone that they did not even know about. Now, it's possible, and this is where I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole of parsing language, but language is important, and lawyers dabble in language. That's their stock and trade. That's what they do. How you say things, how you write things, what you say, what you imply. I read Harden's statement to possibly mean, possibly, they didn't know her name, but through the proper and aggressive questioning of Deshaun Watson, they knew maybe there was somebody else out there who could make a claim. Because one of the things they 
would have done slash should have done over the past 15 months, Chris, is make sure they're aware of the full universe of individuals who could have any issue, any problem with Deshaun Watson. Now, the problem is he denies doing anything wrong. So is he going to flag for them? Oh, that's well, you know, the there, problem. There, right. there, there, was, there was an interaction. Wait, and I can't remember her name. With that 107th she... masseuse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, it, it, where does the line end? Well, that's right. That's right. And that, that's what should be terrifying to Watson's legal team. Because if they didn't know, not just the name, but the general circumstance that there was another one out there floating around that maybe we needed to be worried about, but we weren't sure if they had no idea, if this was completely off the radar screen, how many others? And that was the thing in the lawsuit, page one, that really struck me. The allegation made in this latest lawsuit that Deshaun Watson found, to use the words of the paperwork drafted by the lawyer who represents all 24 of these individuals so is aware of the evidence that's been developed. Random strangers, that's Tony Busby's quote, found on Instagram to give him massages more than a hundred times. We knew about the 22. We knew about the 18 massage therapists who vouched for him. That was 40. And I remember saying a year ago, we had the conversation. Yeah, 40? Who the hell Why has do you need 40? 40? Yeah, who the hell Well, has now it's more, than, it's more than 100. Yeah. According to the... Allegations, page one, jumping off the page. Based on the evidence, presumably, that has been... Now, look, I'm going to give Tony Busby the benefit of the doubt and say he's not throwing around this stuff falsely or recklessly. And, hey, hey, look, if Rusty Harden had anything to say about it, if that was false, I'm just thinking of this now. If that more than 100 was false, that should have been in last night's statement. We don't know the name of the individual until today, and we can't respond to her lawsuit, but we do need to say this. The allegation made in page one that Deshaun Watson has found random strangers on Instagram for more than 100 massages is categorically, unequivocally, and completely and totally false. That's kind of an important statement to make if it is false. uh If it is false. Yeah, which I would think it's not because they didn't address. I mean, to me, that would be the most obvious thing to address there if that was false. You, like, squash that, which, again, would lead me back to – they're not exactly sure how many women or where where this where the line ends, and that's where it's scary. I mean, really, I don't know. Is it can it get worse right now? It's one big blow to Deshaun Watson and Rusty Harden after another here as of late. Things aren't getting better; they're getting worse. Right. Like, and and I was already at the point where like, like I don't know, Mike. Does this even matter? Do, do you think this really piles on? And the NFL was like, whoa. We were going to yes. make a tat. You do? You think this does matter? This, Here's these- why. Okay, go ahead. Let me hear it. I, I think that this, th- the events of the last week have created a negative turn in the court of public opinion. 100%. Not that it was a great situation for Deshaun Watson anyway. Right. Between last week's lawsuit, the Rusty Harden justification of happy endings. Real and seeking sports. happy endings. Right. Right. And then you throw on the 24th lawsuit filed by somebody they didn't even know of. And the, the details are graphic. They are. Of this lawsuit. Graphic. Um, you put all that together. Public opinion trending against Deshaun Watson even more than it was. 
That makes it important from the league's perspective because at the end of the day, the personal conduct policy is not some sort of in-house justice system. It's not about justice. It's about coming up with consequences that match the expectations of the public. It is a PR tool. 98% of the employers in this country do not care what happens between an individual and the criminal or civil justice system. It's not their business. I've said this before. I counseled employers when I was practicing law. You can't hold this against them. This has nothing to do with you. This isn't some crime that he committed on your property, on your premises, against your interests. You're not the victim. No one was victimized on your premises. This is his private life. You can't invade the private life of this person. Well, in the NFL, you can because the union has allowed it and because it's all dependent on people giving money, giving time, giving attention to the product. So the shield has to hold accountable individuals who engage in misconduct away from work. That's what we've evolved to, and that's why it's a PR tool so, more than anything yeah, else. Right. And that's why, Chris, to answer your question, yeah. it is relevant that this has taken a turn in a negative way because at the end of the day, the league is going to fashion a punishment that is aimed at balancing what the league thinks the public wants. And what happened eight years ago? They didn't go far enough with Ray Rice, and the commissioner almost lost his job over it. They are not going to fail to go far enough with anyone else on this commissioner's watch. I wouldn't think so. And, and, and you know, to your point, Mike, and I, I think you said this a little bit in text message last night, so I I'm not trying to steal it or whatever, but just something I hadn't really thought about. You know, yeah, you, you, you bring up the Ray Rice, that issue there. And I, I would almost think you have to come down hard if you're the NFL here just in case, like, you know, and you said this in text last night. Okay. We, we gave a suspension, and now we've got, you know, who knows, 10 more lawsuits and some other graphic details to where I think you would have to, you know, err on being strict or tough or hard, however you want to call him, Deshaun Watson, for just the just-in-case scenario of, oh, wait, there could be more. We, we don't know where this all ends. I, I would think. Am, am I wrong to think that? Well, and I think that was a point that Pete made on the text chain. Is it Pete? Okay, fine. I'll give Pete some credit. He's not as dumb as he looks. (laughs) And and actually, actually, you know, the NFL waits and waits and waits and waits and waits until it has to act. And lately I've been saying, hey, at some point you have to act. Well, you know what? You know what? The fact that they waited through Memorial Day weekend, it's worked to their benefit. Because if they had announced a proposed punishment the Friday going into Memorial Day weekend like I thought they would, yeah, that would have happened without the benefit of lawsuit 23, lawsuit 24, Rusty Harden off the rails, frankly, on Friday with the happy ending justification. Because now, and look, I don't know what's going on at 345 Park Avenue, but I do know this. There are people in that building who believe Deshaun Watson should not set foot on a football field until these cases are resolved, even if that means paid leave. Well, now, if if part of what's going on is Roger Goodell's trying to harmonize the various competing interests and the people who are saying you may be going too far and the people saying you're not going nearly far enough, now you've got some ammunition to maybe push this toward yeah. a stronger suspension. Right. Or or and Chris, here's here's it's gotten so bad that I asked the league yesterday. And let me back up. Back in late March, the commissioner at a press conference following the league meetings seemed to take the possibility of paid leave off the table. He basically said, if we're gonna do anything at this point, we're just gonna suspend it. Right. There's no there's no need for paid leave. 
Well, you know what? After Lawsuit 23, the Rusty Harden justification uh, for Happy Endings monologue, and then Lawsuit 24, I asked the league yesterday, is there any chance that paid leave is back on the table? And they declined comment. And mm. it's like, well, come on, if the commissioner is going to talk about paid leave in March, why can't you answer my question about it? It's fine. Decline comment because it implies. I, I, I said something. It implies, it implies that paid, they're thinking you know, about the it, maybe. The commissioner said, all they have to say is, the commissioner said what he said back exactly, in March. Exactly. Exactly. There's, no there's no reason to alter that. They could have said right, that. Right. They said, no, we, have, we, we declined comment. The matter is still under review. Do you think no this, updates? The matter is still under review. This, so you think you think this delays the NFL investigation? At some point, I, I feel like they just got to like. I mean, you just you just go with the year and you go no. the years hard uh, listen, and we'll see where it I goes. Am, I am putting back on the radar screen for my purposes of monitoring, assessing, and analyzing. I am putting back on the radar screen the possibility because if they're not going to tell me. If they're not going to tell me what the commissioner said in late March still stands, I am putting back on the radar screen the possibility that they're just going to put him on paid leave until these cases are over. Because there are people in the league office who believe that's the proper outcome. And maybe what's happened from last week to yesterday is enough to give those people who surely didn't just go sit in a corner and shut up right. when the commissioner said, we're probably not going to do paid leave. This gives them reason to stand up and say, Mr. Commissioner, this is the reason why we need to put this guy on paid leave. We don't know what else is going to happen. We need to wait until this is all over. And, you know, here's the other side of it, too, Chris. How does paid and, leave and affect Cleveland? Just, uh, just they, don't, they, they have to pay him. Right. They have to pay it's him. It's almost and he ain't like playing. they should do it. It'd be like, well, this is what you signed up for. You got to pay. I, I, that's a, a part of it, actually, I like. Yeah. You, you want to take that you risk? Get, Here you, you go. You get paid. Full value. The only way out of it is to cut the guy, unless his contract is fully guaranteed oh, for the next five years. A little Oops. bit of a problem. So uh, the other thing that it would do as a practical matter, and, and I don't know that the NFL wants to feel like it's in the business of forcing a guy to settle a case that maybe he doesn't want to settle, but I think back to last year when the Dolphins are ready to trade for Deshaun Watson, and he's willing to pay hundred grand each to the 22 plaintiffs at the time to resolve the cases so Miami will complete the trade. He was willing to do it. I, you know, I, I'm completely innocent. I didn't do anything wrong, but I'll pay the $2.2 million if it means playing football again. Okay, fine. If he gets put on paid leave, what do, what do you think his reaction is going to be? Hey, Rusty, we got to make these bleepity bleep 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 cases go away right now. Well, Deshaun, it's going to be a lot more expensive than last year. I don't care. A million, a million, a ca- I, you know, it sounds ridiculous to say a million a case when they could have gone for 100,000 a case, 18 of them, or when last April they could have settled them for peanuts, but Rusty Harden wanted to have a clause in there that allowed him to tell the world they only paid peanuts to settle the cases. Good Lord. But if they put him on paid leave, that's when Deshaun Watson says, well, you know, I made 10 million last year and I didn't have to even lift a finger. I'm getting $230 million over the next five years. Maybe now it's time to end all these cases. So they put him on paid leave. I, I, I think there would be a renewed interest on the part of Deshaun Watson to settle the case. Of course, it gets more expensive because Tony Busby is going to be smart enough to figure out the urgency. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm not saying he's going to be put on paid leave. But I'm putting it back on the radar screen. If I give the NFL a fair chance to tell me that what Roger Goodell said in March at a press conference is still applicable and they say no comment, I'm putting it back on the radar screen. I think paid leaves back in.
What do you? What do you? What is? Uh, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you that I would think it's back in play by the lack of no comment either, because like you said, it's, it'd be easy to go. No, we've commented on this, and there was the answer. That's all they had to say. But like, wow. I mean, th- I guess you know, paid leave. That's not paid leave's not going to look good either, right? I mean, wouldn't you think that public perception and people are going to be very hard on the NFL? If that's the case, where they go, wait, you're gonna you're gonna like pay this guy, but that's why they have paid leave, taking the heat out of a hot kitchen, get this guy out of sight, out of mind. He's not around. We don't want him on the football field. We don't want the announcers to have to mention that the starting quarterback of the Cleveland people, Browns is the subject of twenty four. Well, well, but it's but why? But why? Why? I think people would be yeah. It's good that they put him on paid leave. Well, I, I guess like, what you're saying is he shouldn't be getting paid. Exactly. I think a lot of people are going to go, wait, this guy's done all this wrong and mistreated all these players, and he gets $46 million, he gets a $2 million check every other week? Like, that's where I just well, feel like, you know, again, it's, it's – He's already gotten $45 million. Remember, yeah, he his got salary the guarantee. this year is only yeah. a million. Right, It's yeah, only gotcha. a million. Right. But, but I think if it's communicated properly and conveyed and explained to the fans, as we will do if and when it happens, this is just – This is just the step that they're taking while they wait and see what happens with the civil cases. And then, then he will face proper discipline, an unpaid suspension after. See, that's the problem for the Browns. Let's say he spends all of 2022 on paid leave. And let's say by some fluke of the justice system, all 24 of these cases are settled by 2023. I think the other reality is they're they're not tried they are resolved through a settlement then in 2023 that's when the unpaid suspension happens i mean chris there's a possibility and this is spitballing folks i don't know what's going to happen no, nobody knows what's going to happen yeah but <clears throat> let's say he ends up spending all of 2022 on paid leave and all of 2023 on unpaid leave that's not impossible either i wouldn't it wouldn't shock me it wouldn't like be like, I wouldn't sit there and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened. With where we're at, you know, current climate of the country, you know, the look for the league, I think the fact of, as you've discussed, we've discussed that, you know, you say what you want. I don't think the NFL was happy with the Browns and this this contract. I think under other owners are going to get in the ear of Roger Goodell and let him know that Jimmy Haslam and company are stupid and that made the league look bad in a lot of ways, uh, I, I wouldn't shock me. Not, I, wouldn't ex- I don't expect that, but it, it certainly, like, I'm with you. It's on my radar to think that it's a possibility for sure. And, look, here, here's the reality. Because when Antonio Brown was sued for sexual assault and rape just days after he signed with the Patriots in 2019, And the Patriots did nothing about it. There was a concern, and it's a fair concern. Anybody can get sued at any time. You can get sued at any time for anything by one person. All it takes is one person with whatever the filing fee is. It used to be 150 bucks here locally when I used to represent individuals. 150 bucks filing fee. I'm sure it's more than that now. But whatever it is to start the case, it's all it takes. You can make whatever allegations you want. They don't have to be true. It's advisable for the lawyers representing the plaintiffs that they at least do some due diligence to make sure that, that the allegations are founded in some semblance of actual fact. But the point is, anybody can be sued by one person. What's the number where that well, you know, anybody can be sued by one person thing goes out the window. What is it? Is it 100? Is it 50? Is it 24? I think it's less than 24 where the, well, anybody can file a lawsuit thing 
goes away. And that's the other side of this, too. You know, they've been taking aim at Tony Busby, taking aim at Tony Busby. He's the one. He's the Pied Piper that pulls all these weak claims together. In yesterday's statement, they could have taken another shot at the – this is just another example of Tony Busby advancing his agenda. See, I think they're scared of this one. I think that's I really too. do. Yeah. They didn't know the, the person's name. They possibly didn't know about the allegations. And the allegations – I'm, I'm not going to get into the details. The allegations are graphic and troubling, the most of any that, that I'm aware of from these 24 cases. So – I think they're scared right now. And, Chris, here's another thing to be afraid of if you're Deshaun Watson. If they didn't know this person even existed before yesterday, well, she could file a criminal complaint now, too. We could have grand jury number three. And if they're going to put all this stock in, well, the grand jury didn't do anything about these cases, so that means we should all shut up and move on, which is completely illogical. If another grand jury takes up this one and decides to indict him, uh uh-oh, uh-oh, that's the next thing I'm going to try to find out. Is this person going to make, has this person made, or will this person make a criminal complaint? Because that reopens a can of worms that we thought was was dumped empty when the grand juries did what they did earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just can't, I can't believe where we are where we are. And I really kind of thought we were towards the end of the stories and stuff like that, and it just the last month has been a barrage of really once every few days of another blow to Rusty Harden and Deshaun Watson. And yeah, I don't know. Again, either it's just, I guess, reaffirming my thought that this will be a full year suspension. I, I really actually think I will be shocked if it's not a full year now at this point. Or, or, or a full year of no football, yeah. paid or unpaid. Yeah, sure, right. No football right. for Deshaun Watson. One other thing, too, and you can read the story at PFT. There is a way potentially under the contract that Deshaun Watson signed that this 24th individual puts his guaranteed money at peril. I'm not going to get into the legal weeds and ultimately the document, the letter, the side letter between the Browns and Watson that details the exception to the default language that would potentially put his $230 million guarantee at risk. We don't know what that says, but the language of that letter goes a long way potentially toward including or excluding this 24th allegation. But if they didn't know about this person and they didn't write that letter broadly enough to encompass anybody who may came out of the weeds, they got a problem, an even bigger problem on top of the problems that they already have. And I still feel bad for Browns fans. I said this at the beginning. And my niece, who is a very ardent and zealous Browns fan, she didn't like that they traded for him. I said, would you feel better about it if he resolved all these cases right now? And she said yes. And that's what should have happened. We said it at the time. We shouted it. March 25th, the day of the trade, we shouted, settle the cases now. Go into Cleveland with a clean slate. The Browns fans should not have to carry this burden around as part of their fandom because there are plenty of them that are now knee-jerk, tribalistic Deshaun Watson defenders for one reason and one reason only. Yeah. He's the quarterback of their football that's team. That's right. Yep. And they shouldn't be put in that position. Yeah, that's tough. You're right. It is. It's a very tough position. I do feel bad for them too. And then again, I don't I don't know. They're going to I think they might they we might be feeling bad for them for a while here because I yeah. I just don't see how this and, issue is going to come out and, very good and for don't, them. Don't get and folks, don't get mad at us. We're on your side. If you want to get mad at anybody, get mad at Deshaun Watson for not settling the cases. Get mad at Jimmy Haslam for okaying the trade. Get mad at Chief Strategy Officer Paul D. Podesta for not properly seeing the way this was going to unfold because, again, that's your job. I'm sorry. You get a job like Chief Strategy Officer, that implies that strategy is good, not bad. 
I guess it could be chief bad strategy officer. Maybe we need to change his title. But I doubt that they bargained for this, Chris. And you, you, you get each of the various individuals in the Browns brain trust below Jimmy Haslam. To tell you the truth right now, they'd probably say, I really wish we wouldn't have done this. Let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines being that this is your first season we got someone running over here right now hold on oh man oh who's that guy who is this Look at him. He's working on that tan. Good to see you. <laughs> oh! God, it's good to see you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is your first time, huh? Yeah. Looking at This is your first time seeing him? First time. Yeah, man. The jersey, I told her, I said, it's, it really hit me today. Yeah. You look a little bit like Dave with the short beard, too. Yeah. A little bit. A little TV. I got my soccer player. I love it. I love it. It's my guy. Chris, help me out here. Yeah. <laughs> at at what age should a grown man stop cutting the sleeves off of his T-shirt? At what age? Well, is there some functional purpose for doing this? I do that. I'm not aware of. I think for it, a quarterback. I think it it's probably has something to do with the way it feels underneath his jersey with his shoulder pads on. Why not just get a shirt that's made that way instead of cutting off the sleeve? Yeah, that, I mean, listen, I, I don't have those answers for you. I don't. You're right. There's probably a few in there. Maybe he likes it to cut it a little bit bigger, you know, to where the arm can move and have a little more extra room there. I don't really know. He likes to show his guns. I don't, I don't doubt that. But I would think more than anything, it's about how it feels for a guy who throws and moves his arm for a living underneath the shoulder pads jersey and the straps there that you know come along with the shoulder pads i would think the the real question and there's only one person that could help us answer this and maybe we can get a message to him and ask brandon marshall are those or are those not popcorn muscles (laughs) that's what i must know yeah uh all right so Devontae adams no longer in green bay he's in his silver and black 17 with the raiders aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay for mandatory minicamp. Unlike last year. Remember last year he didn't show up. Last year he was going through the whole will I or won't I retire. This year he's renewed his vows with the team, even though he said last week after the vanity golf match with Tom Brady and company, I think about retirement all the time. Right. He's there for the mandatory minicamp. So he's still seemingly all in, even as he constantly thinks about the day that he stops playing football Chris yeah listen it's a positive he's there again I mean you know we would like to see him at OTAs sure like we've discussed a lot and uh, there's some new move you know new young parts that are going to have to be depended on there in Green Bay but nonetheless it's good that he's there for OTAs oh uh, yes I, you know again I, I put him in a little bit of a different spot for missing OTAs and maybe some of the young quarterbacks because 
of the amount of time he's played in the career and where he's at. It might not be as necessary, but I think the team chemistry stuff that we've discussed is necessary, very much so. So, hey, good for them. They got him back in the building. We'll see. They got some work to do, and like I said, I think the other day, I wouldn't be shocked if he has a, you know, has those receivers out to his house in California or somewhere and get some extra work with them during the month of July as well. Needs to. Didn't do it last year. Yeah. Needs to this year. Yeah. Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, just two of the new faces that will be trying to replace the gigantic shoes vacated by Devontae Adams. Jimmy Garoppolo will be an excused absence from mm. the 49ers mandatory minicamp as he continues to rehab his shoulder. He clearly is not opting for the Steve McNair, here I am, deal with me approach. But, you know, his rehab process may be something that requires him to be somewhere else. But yeah. I, I think that he he if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, he has to like the message this sends. It sends the message that it's inevitable. They're not going to play this game where we're taking two quarterbacks to camp. We're going to let him compete. And then we're going to go to Jimmy Garoppolo late August and say, Trey wins. You got to cut your salary to $10 million or we're going to cut you. This is going to come to a head before that via trade, like, right? release, yeah. somehow. Right. It does. It, it, I think that was like our first inkling into, you know, at least a, a look of what could happen. Uh, it, it, I mean, first off, with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, yes, the team doesn't want him there. They don't. They can say what they can say what they want, and they've tried their best to sell it that they might keep or whatever. But this is your first. Why you're in the middle of letting a new guy that you want to be the guy that takes over your franchise? He's in the process. Now you're going to have a guy walk through the door, and the guys who are just starting to huddle around Trey Lance are going to turn around and go, "Hey, Jimmy," and they're all going to walk away from him and go, "What's going on, man?" And like. And now you're going to have two leaders in the locker room? I mean, it just it, it, it's too many problems. It doesn't make sense for the 49ers. And Jimmy Garoppolo, crap, why the hell would he want to be there either? The writing's on the wall. He knows what they want. You know, I don't know. Maybe if it gets tough, he shows up or whatever. But, yeah, I think you're right, Mike. I think this is our first inkling to go, like, nah, I don't think he's going to be there in training camp. He'll be on the roster. Some type of move will be made before then. And I mentioned the Steve McNair situation from time to time, and I know not everybody out there – yeah. following the show carefully and up to speed on what it is. Here's what happened. 2006, the Titans had drafted Vince Young. They were moving on from Steve McNair. He had an eight-figure cap number that would have become guaranteed, salary fully guaranteed if he participates in any of the offseason workouts and gets himself an injury that puts him on IR for the year. They're stuck with this bloated figure. So they were trying to trade him, but they didn't want to let him in. They basically locked him out of the facility while they tried to trade him. Eventually, he was traded to the Baltimore Ravens. A grievance was filed, and the end result was you can't lock him out. You either have to cut him or trade him. You can't say you're not allowed to come in here and potentially do something that gets you injured. And that's why I mentioned Steve McNair with Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. because his leverage right now is here I am. Oh, it would be a shame if I dropped that dumbbell on my foot and you owe me $25 million this year. That would be a shame if I accidentally tear my ACL walking up the steps to the second floor of the facility. You want to avoid that possibility because if he does suffer a serious injury, some fluke crazy thing, they owe him the full money and they can't get away from it. That's, that's where the Steve McNair temptation comes yeah. into play. Again, they can't lock him out. He can show up, but he's choosing not to. Well, and maybe that's what he has to do if this is still going on during training camp and we're in the first week of August. Maybe that's when he does have to show up. But I think that we got a little, little, little a glimpse there 
into the brain of Shanahan and the 49ers there and the fact that, yes, you're, it's they can, gonna end. it's going to end. They can sell it all they want and, oh, we might keep them and it's Steve Young behind Joe Montana and all that crap. Bull crap, bull crap, bull crap. They got to get him out. They know that, and I think that's the first time we've we've kind of seen a sign from them as far as that's concerned. Now they got to figure out Debo Samuel. That's the other one too. You know, I don't mean to go off topic. I'm just amazed at like no. it, it's on topic because they got 25 million dollars tied up in a guy that yeah, they exactly. don't want there. So you think about that, and two, it's just and Mike. I don't know. I mean, you, you tell me again. I just I don't. I, it, it's rare with this Debo situation. As I, I just don't hear much about it. You know, I mean, credit to him that he's kind of kept it quiet and hasn't made it a spectacle either. But, yeah, I don't, don't really hear any inklings or rumors or anything out there to, to kind of have a feel for where they are at in that conversation there. Well, and I think the fact that he hasn't been continuing the effort that was underway pre-draft. Yeah, I think good. they made their move pre-draft to see if somebody would make the 49ers an offer they couldn't or wouldn't refuse – once the draft came and went, that's when we got the feeling that they were going to work this out. He started following the 49ers again on social media, and I think it's just a matter of do they or do they not get a deal worked out before training camp opens. I think that's going to be the critical question for the San Francisco 49ers. But whether it's Nick Bosa or Debo Samuel, you get a lot more cash and cap space available to sign either or both guys if you move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, lastly, Baker Mayfield, who is in a similar situation to Jimmy Garoppolo, shoulder surgery. Now, for Mayfield, it was his non-throwing shoulder. For Garoppolo, it was the throwing shoulder. But the difference is Mayfield's salary of $18.8 million is fully and completely guaranteed for skill, injury, and cap. So will he be at mandatory minicamp? Kevin Stefanski, coach of the Browns, had no comment on whether Baker Mayfield would be there. That's kind of odd that he wouldn't have a comment on it. It implies to me that they are. Maybe he didn't maybe, know, like legit, or, like legitimately. Or, 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 yeah, they, they, they hope he won't be there. Yeah. They hope he won't be there. Right. But we're not going to say anything about it because if we say he's not going to be here and then he shows up, exactly. then we look even more dysfunctional than we currently are. That's kind of where I thought. I think that's where I felt like they were, like a little bit scared to make the comment in case it looked like. You know, the opposite happened, and then it looked like, oh, we've had no communication. We're clueless. We don't know what the hell's going on here. That's kind of where I, what I thought about it, because no comment with that situation is definitely a little awkward or weird. It, it doesn't really fit there. Yeah, no comment is the more refined version of, I got no freaking clue. Right, right. I got no idea. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying anything, because I don't know what the guy's going to exactly. do. He falls more squarely into the personality type of the guy who would pull the Steve definitely, McNair definitely. and say, deal with me. Deal with me because they are in a better position to squat on him all the way until the trade deadline if they want to. That look that 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 may be the best plan for the Browns if if they've got the Panthers saying we'll trade for the guy but we want you to pay fourteen million of his salary. Well, screw it. We'll pay fourteen million of it and have him on the team and trade him right before the trade deadline. It'd be less than that. It'd be about nine or ten million when the trade deadline rolls around. Yeah. And if we don't trade him by then, then we cut him. And we work out an OBJ deal where he gives up some of his guaranteed money to get freedom and he can go play for somebody. But by then, what good is it for him? He needs – this isn't about the 18.8. Because, you know, people say, oh, don't feel bad for Baker Mayfield. He's going to make big money this year. Yeah, but this is about laying the foundation for next year. Exactly, the next he contract. He doesn't play. Right. Or if he just shows up in December, you can't be Odell Beckham Jr., as a quarterback. Exactly. You can't just show up right. at Thanksgiving and say, here I am, ready to play quarterback for your football team. 
It doesn't work that way. No. So he needs this more than Garoppolo. He needs his situation to be resolved ASAP because he needs to go have a great year somewhere else to set himself up for free agency. Yeah. And, you know, the, the people who say those type of things, it's, you're losing a year of your career. You only got so many. You know? And again, yeah, like you're talking about, he's laying the foundation. He's trying to, you know, kind of revive his perception a little bit around the NFL that took a hit last year, kind of like, you know, unfairly a little bit because he played injured and tough. And, uh, again, it's just, it's, yes, he is one that has to do something here. His, his, this, like, his career has been taken hostage by not his own doing. You know, that would be the ultimate screw-over job. Like, wait, I wanted to play for you guys. I wanted a new contract. You didn't like what I was asking for, so now you've screwed me over and ruined my career maybe for a year, maybe more than that. Uh, that that's, again, where I will go back to Cleveland. If that continues to happen, I am going to crush Cleveland. I am, and I'm going to encourage others to crush them too because this is the ultimate screw-over job for Baker Mayfield. Cleveland f this up, and I want to say the bad word seven times over. They effed it up so bad, it's, it's comical how stupid they are and not being able to read the room or judge their own player. And now they're going to screw the guy's career over. And that, that, I'm just not cool with that. You know, it's funny when I reflect on the ridiculous, inane, and asinine plot of the movie Draft Day that was focused on the Cleveland Browns. I think of what's going on in Cleveland now. What's going on in Cleveland now between Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield is a better plot than any football movie <laughs> yes. has ever Seriously. had. Right. Think about it. Yeah. You got your starting quarterback that you have given $230 million to fully guaranteed over the next five years, who now has 24 lawsuits pending against him alleging sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions. You don't know what the hell is going to happen with him. You've got another quarterback, a former number one overall pick that is owed $18.8 million fully guaranteed this year. You want to get rid of him. He wants to be gone, but no one is offering you anything for him, and they want you to pay the bulk of his money. And now we are careening toward something some resolution, and who the hell knows what it's going to be, but there isn't enough popcorn in the world to satiate the desire of the average movie fan to sit there and chomp away oh, while they figure out I hope he shows up next week. I really, oh my gosh, am I going to cheer? I really do. He is one where, you know, is, yeah, it's different than the Garoppolo situation. It is. It's a little different, and... I think he can make things very uncomfortable there, and maybe he has to do that to take control back of his career and his life a little bit here because that's what they've taken away from him. He's in a really tough spot right now. And Browns fans, I feel badly for you, but these problems, I think they all trace to the guy that bought the team 10 years ago, Jimmy Haslam. He's the guy that wanted Johnny Manziel. He presumably is the guy at the end of the day that wanted Baker Mayfield. He's the guy that wanted Deshaun Watson. They got a giant mess now all because – the owner still, after a decade, has not learned to just step back and stay out of it. Just be a fan. Hire good people, trust them to make good decisions, and stay out of it. Or or be involved from the standpoint of saying, wait a minute, you want to trade for a guy that has 22 pending sexual misconduct lawsuits and you want to pay him $230 million fully guaranteed? No, I'm – no. No, we're not, we're not going to do that. Somebody's got to be the Jiminy Cricket in this conversation, and it's going to be me. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You need an adult the in the room? Is that what you're is, me? They, 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 they need an adult in the room. That's a great – yeah, the, 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 the characterization that Haslam himself leaked to Chris Mortensen, I believe. I don't know it, but I believe it. They need an adult in the room when it comes to figuring out how to deal with these delicate situations because they keep 
whacking themselves in the head with the baseball bat as they swing and miss. Let's take a break. The top 40 quarterback countdown continues with a veteran who will be wearing a new uniform. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. Deep thoughts by Chris Sims. Don't let the past infiltrate your brain about what's going on now. Deep thoughts by Chris Sims. Tune in tomorrow. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's not quite the same delivery as Jack Handy from uh, the SNL bits that we used to see. I know those were great. Happened to Deep Thoughts. I know Jack Deep Handy, Thoughts by Jack I Handy. I used to love that. That was always They're really good. I know. Fired the guy that used to write the Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy, and that was the end of the Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. All right, uh, Deep Thoughts on the top forty quarterback countdown as it gets deeper and deeper in the list toward number one. We are now at number. 14 and it is that aforementioned veteran wearing a new uniform he swaps the black and red of the atlanta falcons for the blue and white (laughs) of the indianapolis colts there he is i don't know what jim harbaugh has to do with matt ryan but i'll take it tell your dad i said hi jail (laughs) matt ryan who was a former uh jim uh jim harbaugh former did i say or say harbaugh jim harbaugh former colts quarterback matt ryan the new colts quarterback number 14 hey look he, he may he may prefer to be higher. He may prefer to be top 10. But I think at this point, or at least number 11, at this point in his career, Matt Ryan at number 14, I, I think that he he and Colts fans should be feeling pretty good about that. I, listen, he's damn good. And again, it's, it's it's yes. I mean, that's one of those things where I just, I'm, I'll say it one more time. There's a lot of good damn quarterbacks in football right now. We're, we're into, in my opinion, into the special part of the conversation here. And when you talk about quarterbacks, for sure. So, uh, Matt Ryan, I think here's the banner statement I would, I would really make about him, Mike, right off the bat. You don't realize how good he is until you really sit down and kind of watch the film and study him a little bit. The little things that he does that are special. First off, their team was not very good last year. And in any game, they weren't completely overwhelmed by the other team. Yeah, Matt Ryan kept them in it. For as smart as it gets, the ability to read the field, change plays, read and react, pull the trigger, it's up there with anybody in the sport as far as reading coverages, making the right decisions, and then, of course, you know, can make all the throws. To me, he's in the conversation for one of the best quarterbacks in football as far as in the pocket, moving to the proper place, not panicking, throwing the, the proper football. He's really good in this area. Rivals Tom Brady in a lot of ways where you go, well, he's not the greatest athlete. Yeah, but he can move really quickly in short areas. And then his mobility is underrated. These plays right here, there's six, seven, eight of them in every football game. And his offensive line stunk last year. And their run game stunk last year. And he continues to make plays, even at the age that he's at right now, that you know, I don't think he gets enough credit for for this type of stuff. That's where he's pretty damn good, Mike. You know he's extremely accurate, he's smart, and he knows how to play the game. He doesn't have a wow arm, okay? That might be the negative. You know, he's not going to make the wow explosive type plays. But, man, you leave him in an offense and a little support system, you know, he can take advantage of a lot. And like we talked about with Kirk Cousins, I think he can make some stuff happen on his own and deliver outside the offense maybe more than, you know, a guy or two that are behind him here on this list. So what's keeping him at number 14? Because the stuff you're saying is 
suggesting it's, maybe he should be a top 10 guy. Well, I think it's the the wow factor. You know, the fact of, you know, some of the guys that we're going to get into here down the list are they're capable of making maybe a little bit more happen with less at times, you know, and it's this stuff there. I mean, yes, he does not have a laser arm. He's not going to run out, shift his feet, and throw a ball 40 yards across the field. You know, again, here. You know, yes, not an elite arm trying to touch a ball. Bad pass protection as usual there in Atlanta. So he had to throw the ball before he wants. But here's another great example, too. You don't see that laser to the sideline. The ball hangs in the air just a little bit and lets people break on the football. I would think that's probably the the thing I would look at to go, you know, that's what separates him maybe from being – you know, a few notches up here or maybe in the top 10 altogether. But, damn, he's still really good and knows how to play the game, can take care of the football, is going to know how to run the Frank Reich system, is going to be able to make all the throws you need there. And then to me, to where he's special, is he has a great feel of, wait, you know, Mike, and we talk about this a lot, unlike a Carson Wentz who was in Indianapolis, wait, things are crazy and blah, 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 and I got people around me but doesn't do anything stupid. And a lot of those times where I go, ooh, bad pass protection, nobody open. Oh, it's 12-yard gain, 15-yard completion. Whoa, way to go. And that's where he, to me, is very special. And I think he's going to thrive with the Indianapolis Colts. I really do. Hey, there's a reason why the Colts are the betting favorites to win the division, even though the Titans in the AFC South were the number one seed a year ago. Matt Ryan, it just fell out of the sky. And it all ties back to Deshaun Watson. I'm convinced, but for the pursuit by the Falcons of Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan is still the starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. I would agree with that, yeah. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, and, and the Falcons, frankly, based upon everything we've discussed earlier in the show, I think are probably feeling pretty good about the fact that they didn't end up signing, trading for Deshaun Watson. But he comes in at number 13. Now, look, this isn't about off-field stuff. This is on-field stuff, I assume. Uh, On-field only, your assessment of worry is after a year off. That's the key. A year away from football is going to affect a guy's performance in 2022. It it is. This is, I mean, arguably the hardest guy to place here. And again, maybe maybe I'm you know docking him too much or not. I, I understand that. It's but at the same time, like like you just said there, you know this is we've discussed this a few times over the last few weeks. It's not easy when you've been hurt for three or four weeks to come back and play at a high level. I mean, we saw that from guys like Russell Wilson this year. He missed a few weeks. He came back. He was not the same. We see it every year with high level quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, I know when it's all systems go and he's played and he's hitting on all cylinders, yes, he is in the conversation for one of the five best quarterbacks in football. But not only has he not played, I mean, he hasn't practiced. He hasn't practiced until just a few weeks ago. Uh, and and that, there's a lot there to that. I, again, I maybe I'm overvaluing it. I don't think I am. Uh, it's not as easy as just getting back and riding a bike like you've heard me talk about before. So, I don't know, maybe between that, the maybe some of my brain and bias and thinking that he won't play football this year infiltrated me. I understand when he plays, he's really awesome and talented. I don't know what to expect from Deshaun Watson right now. I don't. It's been a long time, a long hiatus, and it's not easy just to go out there and think you're going to take over and be one of the best in the league after missing football for a full year. Every once in a while, before things really got complicated in recent weeks, you would hear some optimism about Watson being top five or top three in the league once he plays again. But the situation is so clouded. And 
I don't want there to be any misunderstanding out there as it relates to how we feel about the situation. Look, if these allegations against him are true, and we don't know that, and the problem is when these things occur, apparently and allegedly at his request in a room where it's just him and the massage therapist, we're never going to know what the truth is because he can always deny it. He can always say, I didn't do anything wrong, and the only contrary voice will be the only other person in the room. But if these things are true, if there's some way that these could be established as true, you could make the argument you should never play again. Well, I, when you think about it, I, I especially you. after especially after the allegations of lawsuit number 24, yeah. because not only did he do it, if they're true, he did it, and he's chronically lied about it if these allegations are true. I mean, this is as black and white as it can get. 24 people say he did things that crossed the line. He says, I didn't. If these things are true, you could make the case that he should never play football again, especially if the league believes what it says when it says it's a privilege, not a right to play in the National Football League. So this is a difficult situation. It and Chris, is. if one year out is going to cause him to have diminished skills, two years, what, what happens? You've said this before. What I happens know. if he doesn't play this year? I know. What's he going to be in 2023? I know. I know. Um, it's, it's, it's really so, – it's, it's, it's crazy. It is. And it's, it's a shame – you know, it's a shame from the aspect of, hey, we're a guy that's got a great talent. I mean, he does. He's a hell of a football player when you take away all the off-the-field stuff. It's special. You and I enjoyed watching him play. You know, we used to say all the time, man, I wish he wouldn't be so quite so crazy and courageous, you know, so he could survive and last because he was taking so many hits. He's got incredible talent. There's no doubt about it. But there's a lot of issues at play here, and I just can't – I can't throw him one, hey – this is, you know, some of the names that I, we haven't talked about yet, they're, they're damn good, the names that are coming up. And they're young guys that got to play a lot last year and got better. He did not get better. He got worse last year. There's no doubt about that. And that's where it's a little tough here. And uh, uh, he, was, he was a hard one to place for sure. But, damn, I don't know where this goes. And you're right. I don't know if I would be that shocked if he got suspended for two more years. I really wouldn't. I mean, it, there's a lot of possibilities on the table right now. Pete's telling me to go to break, but I need to say one more thing. The, and I keep coming back to this. The allegation from page one of the 24th lawsuit that Deshaun Watson found random strangers on Instagram for massages more than 100 times. If that's true, and remember, the statement that came from Rusty Harden yesterday didn't address that and could have. And I'm going to follow up with his office and ask this specific question. Do you have a response to this allegation? I don't care about the specific claims that are being made for these purposes. I mean, I care about them, but I'm saying I'm going to set those aside. Here's the statement that's made at page one. Is this true or is it false? Because if it's true, that in and of itself, I mean, the, the message to everyone else out there who is of goodwill and sound mind and reasonable motives, a hundred, more than a hundred massages with random strangers to find on Instagram. I mean, at some point, common sense has to take over here. Doesn't it, Chris? Yes, 100%, Mike, 100%. Again, I'm not trying to say, you know, anybody's guilty of anything. And and I'm certainly not trying to sit at here on my high horse. At some point, and, you know it when you see well, it. Well, exa- you know at some point, you just on. start to go, damn, things are really freaking fishy, and it don't look that good. And it's hard to sit there and go, you know, you talked about it earlier in the show where you go, you know, hey, it's one or two. Eh, I don't know. That's a little crazy. Three. Eh, it's, uh, I don't know. Hey, so it's 2022. This stuff can happen. 20 freaking four. Come on. 
Come on. And really, the chances that are. That we know of. That's that what we I mean. The of. chances are there's a lot more out there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they start coming out of the woodworks even more. So that's right. where it's, it's, it's a crazy situation. When we return, Matt Patricia emerging with a key and unexpected role in the New England Patriots coaching staff. We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. Gabe Davis didn't want to be mic'd up for an event, so he tried to only say unusable things that we won't post. Too bad this is TikTok, and we don't care. I need a cigarette and an ashtray. I think I think the avatar was talking about how the government how the government's corrupt. These New York taxes sure do get to me. You know what that feels like, right? If we make it to the moon. No, never. Put it in the hole. Yeah, my name's Gabe. Gabe. Gabe, what's your last name? Davis. The running back. Yes. Yes. The running back. Well done. Last time we saw Gabe Davis, he was torching the Chiefs for four touchdown receptions in that epic playoff loss in overtime. Hey, if he picks up where he left off, he's going to be pretty damn good in 2022. We don't know whether or not the Patriots are going to be pretty damn good or pretty damn bad, but a report from Jeff Howe of The Athletic, Matt Patricia could end up being. Now, this guy was longtime defensive coach and ultimately defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots before he got hired by the Lions. He could be calling the offensive plays for the Patriots. It's going to be him or Bill Belichick or Joe Judge. And it's trending toward, according to the report from The Athletic, Matt Patricia calling the offensive plays. What a strange it is. and <clears throat> glorious second act. He comes back and he basically does whatever they tell him to do, and now he's going to settle into one of the most important jobs you could have. No, definitely. I mean, expand his resume, learn more football. It's going to make him a better football coach. But, I mean, like you said, it's strange. It's strange. Only in New England. And I'm, I'm like, I'm in popcorn ready. I want to see how this works. I really do. Again, I know Matt Patricia is really smart. And in New England – you know, they usually start you on the other side of the ball. So he's been on the offensive side of the ball a little bit early in his career, you know, doing some of the the, the hard work, uh, quality control type of stuff. But, man, that's been a long time coming. I mean, that was, what, 15, 17 years ago, I think, 2004, 2005, I think, when he'd been on the offensive side of the ball. So, it's again, it's not that, like, I don't worry about, hey, he'll understand what plays to call against what coverages, and he's going to be able to coach the guys. Hey, we need to pick up. To me, it's just I want to see, like, how are you going to package the game plan? You know, so much of the offensive coordinator, the great ones, and what separates them, it's not necessary, necessarily like, oh, I have different plays. It's the nuances of how you coach those plays against certain coverages. It's how you package the plays together with other plays to where, oh, wait, the defense is doing this, I called this play, but I want you to check to this or call this play in the huddle in case they do the other thing, and now we really got them. Either way they go here. That, to me, is the little nuance that's going to be very interesting to see if he can build that and be creative that way, you know, coming off the heels of someone who is great at it in Josh McDaniels. It doesn't happen often that you see a guy jump from one side of the ball to the other. And I yeah. can think of three occasions, and there may be more. Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator, right. got some offensive experience in Atlanta, which makes him even better prepared to be a head coach again, frankly. Definitely. Eric Mangini, after he was fired by the Browns, he was an offensive consultant with the 49ers, basically helping them self-scout 
yeah. to stay ahead of the curve with Colin Kaepernick. And right. then this one, and I remember how controversial it was. After Jim Johnson died, Sean McDermott took over as defensive coordinator of the Eagles. He got fired. And remember who Andy Reid made the defensive coordinator after that, Chris? Oh, uh, the, off, the, yeah, Juan the offensive line coach. Juan Castillo took his yeah, offensive right. line coach and made right. him defensive coordinator, and yeah. that was a big deal, and it lasted for two years. But it's tough. When you're so focused on one side of the ball, it's not easy. But I know they love Patricia in New England. They think he's brilliant, and I feel like he's maybe being groomed. Maybe. It seems that way a little bit. To be bit. the next head coach, yep. plus Belichick. Just right. got to clean up that beard a little bit. Just a little clean that beard up a little bit. To, to get himself ready for the next level. Although, based <laughs> upon the way Belichick dresses, maybe it's part of the job requirement to look a little unkempt. <laughs> Take a break. More PFT Live right after this. Darnell Mooney at his youth football camp. Just blazing by everybody. Man, I always get nervous when I see a guy getting in the mix like that. You know, you get, you get yourself injured away from work. No mercy to the camp goers, but no, you know, be a little more careful with Gosh. that moneymaker. Don't get yourself injured away from work. Uh, you're not you're not covered like you are if that happens at an OTA workout. But yeah, sign up for the Darnell Mooney camp and get the real experience, including getting thrown to the ground. All right, today's draft: best running back tandems currently in the National Football League, as inspired by some recent chatter from various teams that they have the best two and they have the best two. So who are the best two? Uh, we don't have time for trivia. Do we have time for trivia? Should we do the trivia question, uh, Chris? Uh. All right. Uh, Chris, you ask me. Okay, here we go. All right, so it's about the 1,000-yard rushers. Here we go. Lamar Jackson, Mark uh, Ingram. I, I know the answer. You do? Go ahead. So what's, yeah. what, all right, so they were the, you know, the last 1,000-yard rushing teammate duo, right? So which Super Bowl winning pair was the first duo to do it? Rocky Blyer and Franco Harris. Yeah, Pittsburgh I would think Steelers. so. No? Oh, I blew it. Zonka and Mercury. Mercury. I love it. Son of a bitch. Yes, I love it. Eat that crap, Florio. Right. You were wrong. That is awesome. Right, I would have go got it wrong, too, though. I'm not going to lie. I thought about Pittsburgh as well. That was stupid of me. Um, I'm going to go with Cleveland. I'm going with Nick Chubb and, and uh, Kareem Hunt. That's that's the one to me is the best duo in the sport. I, I think they're legitimately, but you could say both running backs are maybe top ten in football. They're pretty damn special. They really are. That's that to me is the best duo we got. I'll go Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon of the Green Bay Packers, especially since they're going to need them a little bit more this year with the receiving room in shambles post Devontae Adams. Not that you're going to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands on a regular basis, but you're helping out. You're helping out. You're receiving core a little bit if your run game starts drawing safety toward the line of scrimmage and your guys on the outside are getting single coverage so they may need to lean on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon a little bit more this year Chris I I don't I don't disagree with that Dillon really showed you know he's he's the real deal no doubt about it in fact I mean to the point where it, it seemed like towards the end of the year really they wanted to give the ball to Dillon more than they did Aaron Jones they kind of just saw like hey let's get him in space that's great Dylan seems like he's trending towards the workhorse uh, running back there. I'm going to go with your team. I mean, those, those two guys, they, I mean, one guy's got three rockets up his butt. The other guy's got two rockets up his butt. I mean, damn, they can fly. They're good. I mean, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, I, I don't know. That, they're, they're up there to me. It's rare that you can get, you know, two guys where you can go, whoa, one guy can take it 80 to the house. The other guy can take it 75 to the house. That's pretty special. They got that in their backfield. I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with those two. 
Every time Cook's injured and Madison plays, he he's he damn good, ain't well he? Well, yeah. for himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go Denver Broncos. Javante Williams plus the return of Melvin Gordon on a very affordable contract. They they had identical carries last year, the exact same Funny. number of carries. I can't remember the numbers like two forty one something like that. Identical number of carries and the run game. A little de-emphasized with Russell Wilson there, but both of those guys together, a great tandem of running backs, almost interchangeable for the Broncos. All right, let's take a break. We'll do round three. When we wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, that's what we have so far in the best current NFL running back duos. Chris, round three, you are up. All right, I'm going off the radar here. I'm going with one that's really not like proven yet, but it's a potential one. Like I'm, I'm looking forward into the distance of 2022. I'm going up to Seattle. I'm going with oh, yes. Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. I am. Rashad Penny, uh, one, he's a guy that I hope kind of jumps on the scene for, for you know the NFL football fans this year. He's got superstar ability. We saw that a little bit last year, right, when he was healthy. I mean, he ripped off some games that I think the Seattle Seahawks are very excited for. And Kenneth Walker, no doubt, was the best running back in my mind in the NFL draft. So you put those two together, you know, with a quarterback that's unproven and stuff, they're going to get some carries. I think they could be fun this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. It's just about staying healthy. It is. They, they got anything, spoiled yeah. by Marshawn Lynch, right? who always was able to play. And they've just had this revolving door of guys who, who get injured. They play hard. They bang around. Yeah. And it's inherent to the position. It's not, it's not a slight on the players. We talked about this earlier in the week. Like with Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, the position is conducive to injury. I could go a couple of different ways. Yeah. I was thinking Ravens with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Right. They're both coming off of torn ACLs. So I don't know. I know. Especially – because of the position they play. I'll still go Cowboys, Tony Pollard, and Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. and I'll put Pollard first over Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, when Zeke is the number two in the tandem, that's a pretty good tandem. It is. It's a good tandem. There's no doubt about that. You're right. I mean, we talked about Zeke a little yesterday, and he's not the superstar he once was, but he's still damn good, and he's powerful. And, yeah, Pollard's the guy that's explosive and can make some special stuff happen. It, it is still a very good duo. I'm not going to push back against you there. You know, you look at it, there's not a ton of great duos in the league right now. Uh, there's everybody's got their role. There's you know teams with multiple running backs, but not a lot of ton of great duos. One guy I'm fascinated by Dalvin Cook's brother James in Buffalo. Yes, it's not like they have a great depth chart beyond him, but I got a I got a feeling. Yeah, he fits with that. I mean, hey, everybody go deep because we're scared about Josh Allen, and then it's whoa, here goes Cook underneath. Watch out! I hear you, Mike. All right, there goes the time. Watch out! We're done. See you tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.